Sonnets from the Portuguese by Elizabeth Barrett Browning Read for LibriVox.org by Kirsten Ferreri 1. I thought once how Theocritus had sung of the sweet years, the dear and wished-for years, who each one in a gracious hand appears to bear a gift for mortals, old or young. And as I mused it in his antique tongue, I saw in gradual vision through my tears the sweet, sad years, the melancholy years, those of my own life, who by turns had flung a shadow across me. Straightway I was ware, so weeping, how a mystic shape did move behind me, and drew me backward by the hair, and a voice said in mastery while I strove, Guess now who holds thee? Death, I said. But there the silver answer rang, Not death, but love. 2. But only three in all God's universe Have heard this word thou hast said, Himself beside thee speaking, and me listening, And replied one of us, that was God, And laid the curse so darkly on my eyelids As to immerse my sight from seeing thee, that if I had died, the death-weights placed there would have signified less absolute exclusion. Nay is worse from God than from all others, O oh my friend. Men could not part us with their worldly jars, nor the seas change us, nor the tempests bend. Our hands would touch for all the mountain-bars, and heaven being rolled between us at the end, we should but vow the faster for the stars. 3. Unlike are we, unlike, O princely heart, Unlike our uses and our destinies. Our ministering two angels look surprise on one another, As they strike athwart their wings in passing. Thou, bethink thee, art a guest for queens to social pageantries, With gauges from a hundred brighter eyes Than tears even can make mine, To play thy part of chief musician. What hast thou to do with looking from the lattice-lights at me, A poor, tired, wandering singer, Singing through the dark and leaning up a cypress-tree? The chrism is on thine head, on mine the dew, And death must dig the level where these agree. 4. Thou hast thy calling to some palace-floor, Most gracious singer of high poems, Where the dancers will break footing, from the care of watching up thy pregnant lips for more. And dost thou lift this house's latch too poor for hand of thine? And canst thou think and bear to let thy music drop here, unaware, in folds of golden fullness at my door? Look up, and see the casement broken in, the bats and owlets builders in the roof. My cricket chirps against thy mandolin. Hush! Call no echo up in further proof of desolation. There's a voice within that weeps, as thou must sing, alone, aloof. 5. I lift my heavy heart up solemnly, as once Electra her sepulchral urn, and looking in thine eyes, I overturn the ashes at thy feet. Behold! And see what a great heap of grief lay hid in me, And how the red wild sparkles dimly burn through the ashen grayness, 
If thy foot in scorn could tread them out to darkness utterly, it might be well, perhaps. But if instead thou wait beside me for the wind to blow the grey dust up, those laurels on thine head, O oh my beloved, will not shed thee so, that none of all the fires shall scorch and shred the hair beneath. Stand further off, then. Go. 6. Go from me. Yet I feel that I shall stand henceforward in thy shadow. Nevermore alone upon the threshold of my door of individual life I shall command the uses of my soul, nor lift my hand serenely in the sunshine as before, without the sense of that which I forbore, thy touch upon the palm. The widest land doom takes to part us leaves thy heart in mine with pulses that beat double. What I do and what I dream include thee, as the wine must taste of its own grapes, and when I sue God for myself, he hears that name of thine, and sees within my eyes the tears of two. 7. The face of all the world is changed, I think, since first I heard the footsteps of thy soul move still, oh, still beside me, as they stole betwixt me and the dreadful outer brink of obvious death, where I, who thought to sink, was caught up into love, and taught the whole of life in a new rhythm. The cup of dole God gave for baptism I am fain to drink, and praise its sweetness, sweet, with thee anear. The names of country, heaven, are changed away for where thou art or shalt be, there or here. And this, this lute and song, loved yesterday, the singing angels know, are only dear because thy name moves right in what they say. 8. What can I give thee back, O liberal and princely giver, who hast brought the gold and purple of thine heart, unstained, untold, and laid them on the outside of the wall for such as I, to take or leave withal in unexpected largess? Am I cold, ungrateful, that for these most manifold high gifts I render nothing back at all? Not so. Not cold, but very poor instead. Ask God who knows, for frequent tears have run the colors from my life, and left so dead and pale a stuff it were not fitly done to give the same as pillow to thy head. Go further, let it serve to trample on. 9. Can it be right to give what I can give? To let thee sit beneath the fall of tears as salt as mine, and hear the sighing years re-sighing on my lips, renunciative through these infrequent smiles which fail to live for all thy adjurations. O oh, my fears, that this can scarce be right! We are not peers so to be lovers, and I own and grieve that givers of such gifts as mine are must be counted with the ungenerous. Out, alas! I will not soil thy purple with my dust, nor breathe my poison on thy Venice glass, nor give thee any love, which were unjust. Beloved, I only love thee. Let it pass. End of Sonnet 9 10. Yet love, mere love, is beautiful indeed, and worthy of acceptation. Fire is bright, let temple burn or flax. An equal light leaps in the flame from cedar plank or weed. 
and love is fire. And when I say at need, I love thee, mark, I love thee, in thy sight I stand transfigured, glorified aright, with conscience of the new rays that proceed out of my face toward thine. There's nothing low in love, when love the lowest, meanest creatures who love God, God accepts while loving so. And what I feel, across the inferior features of what I am, doth flash itself, and show how that great work of love enhances natures. 11. And therefore, if to love can be desert, I am not at all unworthy. Cheeks as pale as these you see, and trembling knees that fail to bear the burden of a heavy heart, this weary minstrel life that once was girt to climb Aornus, and can scarce avail to pipe now against the valley nightingale a melancholy music, why advert to these things? O oh, beloved, it is plain I am not of thy worth, nor for thy place, and yet because I love thee, I obtain from that same love this vindicating grace." To live on still in love, and yet in vain. To bless thee, yet renounce thee to thy face. 12. Indeed, this very love which is my boast, and which, when rising up from breast to brow, doth crown me with a ruby large enow to draw men's eyes and prove the inner cost, this love even, all my worth to the uttermost, I should not love withal unless that thou hadst set me an example, shown me how, when first thine earnest eyes with mine were crossed, and love called love. And thus I cannot speak of love even as a good thing of my own. Thy soul hath snatched up mine all faint and weak, and placed it by thee on a golden throne, and that I love, O soul, we must be meek, is by thee only, whom I love alone. 13. And wilt thou have me fashion into speech the love I bear thee, finding words enough, and hold the torch out while the winds are rough between our faces to cast light on each? I drop it at thy feet. I cannot teach my hand to hold my spirit so far off from myself, me, that I should bring thee proof in words of love hid in me out of reach. Nay, let the silence of my womanhood commend my woman-love to thy belief, seeing that I stand unwon, however wooed, and rend the garment of my life, in brief, by a most dauntless, voiceless fortitude, lest one touch of this heart convey its grief. 14. If thou must love me, let it be for naught except for love's sake only. Do not say, I speak for her smile, her look, her way of speaking gently, for a trick of thought that falls in well with mine, and Certus brought a sense of pleasant ease on such a day. For these things in themselves, beloved, may be changed, or change for thee, and love so wrought may be unwrought so. Neither love me for thine own dear pities, wiping my cheeks dry. A creature might forget to weep who bore thy comfort long, and lose thy love thereby. But love me for love's sake, that evermore thou mayest love on, through love's eternity. 15. Accuse me not, 
beseech thee that I wear too calm and sad a face in front of thine, for we too look two ways, and cannot shine with the same sunlight on our brow and hair. On me thou lookest with no doubting care, as on a bee shut in a crystalline, since sorrow hath shut me safe in love's divine, and to spread wing and fly in the outer air were most impossible failure, if I strove to fail so. But I look on thee, on thee, beholding, besides love, the end of love, hearing oblivion beyond memory, as one who sits and gazes from above, over the rivers to the bitter sea. 16. And yet, because thou overcomest so, because thou art more noble and like a king, thou canst prevail against my fears, and fling thy purple round me, till my heart shall grow too close against thine heart, henceforth to know how it shook when alone. Why, conquering may prove as lordly and complete a thing in lifting upward as in crushing low, and as a vanquished soldier yields his sword to one who lifts him from the bloody earth, even so, beloved, I at last record, here ends my strife. If thou invite me forth, I rise above abasement at the word. Make thy love larger to enlarge my worth. 17. My poet, thou canst touch on all the notes God set between his after and before, and strike up and strike off the general roar of the rushing worlds, a melody that floats in a serene air purely. Antidotes of medicated music, answering for mankind's forlornest uses, thou canst pour from thence into their ears. God's will devotes thine to such ends, and mine to wait on thine. How, dearest, wilt thou have me for most use? A hope to sing by gladly? Or a fine, sad memory with thy songs to interfuse? A shade in which to sing, of palm or pine? A grave on which to rest from singing? Choose. 18. I never gave a lock of hair away to a man, dearest, except this to thee which now, upon my fingers, thoughtfully, I wring out to the full brown length, and say, Take it. My day of youth went yesterday. My hair no longer bounds to my foot's glee, nor plant I it from rose or myrtle tree, as girls do, any more. It only may now shade on two pale cheeks the mark of tears, taut drooping from the head that hangs aside through sorrow's trick, I thought the funeral shears would take this first. But love is justified. Take it thou, finding pure from all those years the kiss my mother left here when she died. 19. The soul's Rialto hath its merchandise. I barter curl for curl upon that mart, and from my poet's forehead to my heart receive this lock which outweighs Argosy's as purply black, as erst to Pindar's eyes the dim purpureal tresses gloomed athwart the nine white muse-brows. For this counterpart, the bay-crown's shade, beloved, I surmise, still lingers on thy curl, it is so black. Thus, with a fillet of smooth-kissing breath, I tie the shadows safe from gliding back, and lay the gift where nothing hindereth, here on my heart, as on thy brow 
to lack no natural heat till mine grows cold in death. 20. Beloved, my beloved, when I think that thou wast in the world a year ago, what time I sat alone here in the snow and saw no footprint, heard the silence sink no moment at thy voice, but link by link went counting all my chains, as if that so they never could fall off at any blow struck by thy possible hand. Why, thus I drink of life's great cup of wonder. Wonderful never to feel thee thrill the day or night with personal act or speech, nor ever cull some prescience of thee with the blossoms white thou sawest growing. Atheists are as dull who cannot guess God's presence out of sight. 21. Say over again, and yet once over again, that thou dost love me. Though the word repeated should seem a cuckoo-song, as thou dost treat it, remember, never to the hill or plain, valley and wood, without her cuckoo strain, comes the fresh spring in all her green completed. Beloved, I, amid the darkness greeted by a doubtful spirit-voice, in that doubt's pain cry, Speak once more! Thou lovest! Who can fear too many stars, though each in heaven shall roll, too many flowers, though each shall crown the year? Say thou dost love me, love me, love me, toll the silver iterance, only minding, dear, to love me also in silence with thy soul. 22. When our two souls stand up erect and strong, Face to face, silent, drawing nigh and nigher, Until the lengthening wings break into fire at either curved point. What bitter wrong can the earth do to us That we should not long be here contented? Think! In mounting higher the angels would press on us, And aspire to drop some golden orb of perfect song Into our deep, dear silence. Let us stay rather on earth, beloved where the unfit, contrarious moods of men recoil away and isolate pure spirits, and permit a place to stand and love in for a day, with darkness and the death-hour rounding it. 23. Is it indeed so? If I lay here dead, wouldst thou miss any life in losing mine? And would the sun for thee more coldly shine because of grave damps falling round my head? I marvelled, my beloved, when I read thy thoughts so in the letter. I am thine, but so much to thee? Can I pour thy wine while my hands tremble? Then my soul, instead of dreams of death, resumes life's lower range. Then love me, love. Look on me, breathe on me, as brighter ladies do not count it strange for love to give up acres and degree, I yield the grave for thy sake, and exchange my near sweet view of heaven for earth with thee. 